I'm Rizlar. I'm Frosty. As nobody's really engaged quite yet. Yep, oh, there we have a bit of- Oh, is that a triple stun for the Mystic? And welcome back to the Value Pack. And welcome, welcome, one and all. Very special episode today. Uh, we have our first returning guest, and uh, due to a little bit of a lack of time, because uh, he's got some stuff that he's got to go take care of, IRL stuff, we're just going to go ahead and jump into uh, having him on the show. We will be doing comments, but it's going to be a little bit later, so I want to introduce, once again, Dr. Positive. Thanks for coming on the podcast again, my guy. No problem, guys. Thanks again for having me. For sure, man. And uh, l- let me get this out of the way first and foremost. I want to get this out of the way first and foremost. And I wanted to do this on the podcast because, uh, you know, people have been saying things. I-, I made a joke last time you were here about uh, not bringing me back on to cast for the BSL. Uh, I was informed by Frosty and a couple others that that came off as like really like kind of like mean and like awkward and like i was actually calling you out it was not intended to be like that at all so first and foremost i just want to apologize if that kind of came off like that in any way oh no offense taken absolutely don't worry about it at all my man it's all good okay it, awesome. it was a bitch move for us <laughs> dude listen i was drinking that night okay i was just trying to make a little joke all right <laughs> But uh, we got Dr. Positive here for a very specific reason, and that is because, unfortunately, the Black Spirit League, the BSL, is uh, basically shutting down. But I'll let, uh, you know, Dr. Positive, if you want to kind of explain what's going on for people who don't know. Sure, absolutely. So we just had our grand finals from season three. So the culmination of the three flights that we played this uh, season. And at the end of it, we decided that and it was kind of a tricky decision to kind of table the BSL project for the time being, mostly because I felt like the tournament itself and the community behind it was getting a little bit out of control and out of the scope of what I had originally intended it to be. So we decided to kind of shelve the project and I went into hiatus to retirement from casting and from running the tournament just until everybody involved kind of get their heads back on straight and refocus on kind of what the tournament was supposed to be about instead of the, the, dare I say, grind that it became at the end. So I thought I want to clear up that now that I kind of have a platform to talk about it more that this this wasn't a decision made in the face of animosity or feeling pushed out or bullied out of the community. It was something that needed to happen, I think. And I think that the tournament itself and the structure needed to step back and look at itself and look at what we're doing to make sure that our rule set, our tournament style, our staff members everybody feels like it's in line with what the community wants so that's what's kind of the essence of why i decided to announce that we were going to step back for the time being all right yeah um so i mentioned before we started recording but the 
And I know you said that it wasn't because you were pushed out of the community, but I'm 100% sure that had a part to play in it. Because the amount of people who participate in other people's tournaments and then uh, backseat run the show, right? It's quite numerous and is very frustrating to deal with as a person who's running the tournament. So, I mean... It, it, is it possible that, like, you come back, you guys come back, you restart the BSL, but if the community doesn't change, do you see any, like, long-term, longe- like, 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 uh, longevity, I think is the word for it? Because that's got to be just the most frustrating thing to deal with. I mean, I remember after the very first week of matches, I was in the uh bsl discord and people were just all over the place just complaining left and right about rules and calls and things like that and it's like okay guys this isn't like you know i i I don't mean to to put down what you guys do but as as much as you guys try to make it like a professional feeling thing i mean you guys aren't getting paid to do this right you haven't been doing this for the past 40 years it's not like the nfl or the nba or anything so I don't know. I, I, I feel like the the community is a little too rough on you guys personally. I think they have a right to be, though, in a way. I The way that I think about feedback and about the way in which people communicate with us is you kind of have two subsets of people. I think largely that people get frustrated and get upset and they want to talk and they want to question calls because they care right? If you don't care about something, why mention anything, right? If you have something invested in a tournament being fun and wanting to compete and wanting to have high-level PvP or high-level anything, of course you're going to voice your opinion if something isn't the way that you think it should be. And I have all the respect in the world for people who want to come in and want to talk about that. But it's the other side of those people, the second group, which are people that want to bring something down for the sake of bringing it down, perhaps because they feel intimidated by the fact that it exists, or they would rather be the one running something, they would rather their community be the one doing something, or people who just don't like seeing people having a good time. It's those, that group, and in BDO, that group is not very large, but it's very vocal. And anybody who streams, anybody who's involved in big production in BDO is aware of these people. And it's it's difficult to run something very large and very complicated while you have a large subset of your population kind of consistently giving you feedback, some constructive, some not so constructive. But I, I want to to address, I guess, the community again and say that like I I am not put off or offended or saddened by feedback. I think that feedback is essential to growing something and making a tournament, making a, a first year or second year esport into something for, that has 40 year longe- longevity like the NBA or the NFL or something like that. Feedback is essential to that process. But I just question sometimes whether or not it's worth it to keep pushing forward in the face when those other voices when the not so constructive voices people kind of rally behind ideas and voices and and movements that are more about just bringing something down that 
when that picks up to kind of a fever pitch, it's more about knowing that's your time to kind of step back and let those voices have their day and focus your own energy on making your production better. Right. I I have two uh two questions. So one um in in your post and in, in your your goodbye post you said that a major a vast majority of the community has been overwhelmingly toxic and difficult to work with uh for the entirety of this process. So um when you wrote that out, how much of that is just the viewership and how much of that feeling is coming from the part of the players actually participating you don't have to name names or anything but yeah what, what's kind of the divide there like how how much is that's actually coming from the people participating in the tournament not just the people sitting in the back talking shit right well i think it's a it's a mix uh i don't particularly pay a lot of attention to just like twitch chat and stuff like that twitch chat's going to be toxic no matter what you're doing <laughs> yeah but it's more that there, in tournament running in BDO especially, there's a lot of distrust, I think, that floats around where when a decision is made, it's almost assumed that the decision is designed to undercut or undermine a player or players. For example, I'll, I'll throw an example that's historically been a pain in the butt for the whole of the BSL is when we made the uh, draw rule where a draw adds a point to each player. Mm-hmm. In, as a response to the uh, unfortunate cast where Reslar and I had to cast like an 11 match draw sequence yeah. at the end of a 1v1 and it was the worst thing ever so when we made that rule I assumed that it would be benign if anything but we had probably 10 or 15 competitors come out in DMs questioning why we were doing this and what it was targeted for and whether this was a movement by the leadership to try to make it so that specific players are going to win and that it's not fair and it's not it's targeted against us and yada 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 so there are a lot of voices in our own community that kind of saw arbitration decisions they saw rules adjustments they saw decisions that we made as tournament organizers as affronts against them particularly like we are making decisions specifically so they can't win anymore which is also first of all not true and second of all demonstrates kind of the attitude of distrust that kind of crept in to the bsl community and i think that is what really started to peak near the grand finals where we were experimenting with pvp formats that no one has ever done before so I admit, and I'll go on the record saying this, I do not believe that the format that we made for our 3v3 was perfect. I don't think it was even a tangent to perfect. But I'm happy that we stuck with what we decided to do rather than making any sort of last-minute change to it or in-tournament change to it. And that, I think, was the straw that broke the camel's back, per se, in that a large percentage of our own community kind of turned against our idea in the grand final because of a difference of opinions because of this idea of oh if they're doing it this way that means that it's against us that means that they don't want us to win and that yeah that type of mentality did definitely come from our own community which was difficult to deal with and it's also difficult to to get into the fray of it and explain yourself right because once you come down to that level and you say no i'm not targeting you i'm not doing this i'm not doing this and you start actively defending yourself right 
it doesn't lead to a good precedent. It opens up the floor for the questioning of all your decisions. And yeah, that's, that's, I guess the, the feedback we got from the community in that regard of why I would go out and say something like overwhelmingly toxic, because that's a strong word to say, but by the time we had gotten to the end, that was the large majority of what we were getting. Right. Um, can you actually go in it? Cause I, I know it's a little bit cloudy and just hearsay and, and people are only hearing from, and what they heard from people that participated in the tournament and their side and this and that. So can you explain a little bit in detail what the rules were in the 3v3 portion of the finals and what kind of the complaints were about that from the players? Sure. So the issue largely surrounded around the draft format. And we we tried to emulate draft formats that we've seen in other esports. Things like many MOBA games like Dota and League of Legends have draft formats, right? Some before their matches. So we kind of just scraped off the same format as that and applied it to BDO with a ban and pick phase. Now, one of the things that I did not correctly account for when I was designing this is I went in with the assumption that these were trial characters. So no matter what class was banned, you could always find another class to play because you just make another trial character and play that character. However, what I didn't realize at the time was that if a very specific sequence of events happened, you could lock one, one team out of a specific class, one specific class for the entire game for the entire sequence of matches. You could ban it and pick it selectively so that one team never saw that specific class. Now, this phenomenon didn't happen in Europe at all because the European teams were a little bit more diverse in their players. But for North America, what ended up happening is that one team got locked out of playing Warrior. And unfortunately, that team had Vanguards and McCanns and a couple of other very good Warrior players on it. So... It was just the perfect storm of a rules hole that I didn't catch when I was designing the tournament, combined with all of the specific single-class players on one team. And we were already three matches into the tournament before anybody realized that this was happening. So I was faced kind of live on stream with an impossible decision where I couldn't necessarily, or I absolutely could randomly change the rules in the middle of the broadcast, because that would completely absolve the validity of the european results and we'd have to replay that entire tournament with a new rule set to make it fair for everybody so i had to tell people that yeah we see this as a problem but right now there's just isn't anything we can do about it we have to play it the way that we advertised it in the way that this has been set up for the last two months and that message was definitely not the message that the community wanted to hear so that was kind of what ignited the the proverbial storm that kind of overtook the NA Grand Final, where the EU didn't really have that problem. Yeah, that's crazy. So, did you get negative feedback from, like, did the people watching even realize this, or did it kind of stem from, from the teams complaining? Well, I think yes and no. I think largely the audience just wants to see combat. Like, Twitch chat generally doesn't really care about what's going on <clears throat> pardon me what's going on in the background they care more about watching people fight each other now up until that point that's kind of what twitch chat was doing but what happened is a lot of the competitors ended up coming into the twitch chat and making a big stink about everything mm -hmm. which then kind of caused the 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 notion of the conversation and the way that the community was talking to shift more to focus on them 
And again, I'm not here to name and shame. I'm not going to be bringing up any names, but there were definitely certain members of the community that wanted to use that moment to make their voice very loud and very heard and exercise the 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 voice that they had about criticisms both for that day as well as in the BSL in general. And they kind of used Twitch chat and they kind of used our Discord as that platform in the midst of all of it. And it got to the point where it wasn't productive to continue to try to debate and try to talk and try to explain myself. So we just kind of the, the metaphor I use is when you're when you're coming down from the International Space Station and your spaceship is burning up around you, you're in your little dinghy like escape pod, just barely surviving and slamming into the ocean and watching the whole thing burst into flames over you. That's kind of the way it felt right at the very end, where the tournament barely held itself together by the very end, but we all made it out alive. <laughs> yeah, except for warriors. I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm just, uh, I, I, I haven't been in the video esports, uh, Discord in a while, so I'm just going back now and reading a bunch of this stuff in general, and some of the, some of the stuff people are saying in here is, like, very, I, I, I don't know, man, like, people, it's so much easier to solve problems when you don't actually have to solve them. Like, it's so easy to offer an armchair solution, right? And then you don't actually have to have accountability for it. It's like... And maybe I, I keep going back to this because it, it, I've been there and it's very frustrating. Like, I've ran quite a few guild tournaments. I've been playing this game a long time. I've been in a lot of leaderships. I've ran a lot of guild tournaments. And in every single tournament, there's at least a handful of people that do nothing but sit there and talk about how they could run it better. And yet they don't. And it's very... It just kills me, man. It just kills me. And I especially like this... Uh, I see where you posted in the... Uh, I think it was in the feedback channel. Where basically you said... Uh, being toxic is not a mandatory part of anything. This is in reference to some comments some people said earlier. I think Striga. Uh, and you said, uh, uh, people made the conscious decision to be awful to each other. There's nothing mandatory about it. You can absolutely ban toxicity, but that is the community's responsibility, not any one person's. Y'all just need to be nice to each other. It's not a difficult thing to do. <laughs> and it's like, that's the crux of the issue, man. Nobody can just like chill and just enjoy and it's fine to criticize. Right. And. I, I admire people like Nayashi, who was at the community night that we did on Friday, and he talked about how he had a couple things that he had issues with in the BSL, and he said he went to the admins and he brought it up and, you know, he left it there. He didn't then go, you know, keep complaining about it in the Discord or jump in Twitch chat and try and get everybody riled up over what he thought was incorrect, you know? He, he said his piece, he gave you feedback, and then... He moved on about his day, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And to Nayashi's credit and many others, that there were uh, plenty of voices that were like his, right? Who had well-constructed, well-thought-out feedback that they wanted to give and was very well-received. Like, I, I guess we can go back and kind of share now that the whole thing is over. One of the strategies and the, the ideologies we had when we went into the BSL this year was to comp to compensate and to change something from the second season, last year's season, 
where the biggest criticism that we received, bar none, from the community last year was that the rules were scuffed. The rules were – they changed, and we made exceptions, and things changed in the middle of the day, and that's dumb, and we shouldn't do that. So what we ended up doing we, is we went in with the mentality that our rules are ironclad, that we write our rules at the beginning of the season, and we just roll over problems. If there's an issue, who cares? Doesn't matter. We made the rules, and we're going to stick to the rules no matter what. And that meant we kind of got the, the polar end of that mentality where we had a problem in the rules, but we committed to keeping the rules the way they were instead of trying to make a mid-tournament change. And yeah, it ended up with a not-so-ideal situation at the grand finals. But if I looked back, I wouldn't do it any differently. I think that there are pl- pros and cons for either side. And for people who do want to make their own tournaments, I think that's a decision that you have to make when you go into designing a tournament is what do you want your rules to be flexible or do you want your rules to be set in stone because you get something and you give something with each option and with the feedback from the community the the well-constructed feedback right people have really taken time to to write their thoughts out and think about it and not just throw anger at us right we're looking at nashi of course like and i want to i want to particularly highlight people like benzi who have also put a lot of effort into coming up with well-constructed feedback and we want to take those things to heart and share that feedback and share that experience for people who want to make other tournaments in the past or in the future as well as if we do end up doing another bsl season so i think that while the large majority of the feedback, if you want to call it that, that we got in our Discord, which is kind of noise and anger, I think that toxicity is an option that you choose, right? I think anybody, you get riled up about something because you care about it, like I kind of said earlier, but I think you have to make the conscious decision to be awful about it. Whereas you can be just as riled up as everybody else, but you can come at it composed and come at it from a position where you've thought about what you want to say. Or you can just type, haha, scuff tournament, kappa, whatever, in Twitch chat and get off that way. But I just think that there's less utility in being toxic, even though it makes you feel better in the short term. Yeah, well, that's just fact. Being, giving your feedback uh in like coming at it from a place of anger right and you know not filtering it it automatically makes it less worth right it makes it of less worth because nobody wants to read somebody reading you know in the in the general chat of discord right but if you composed your thoughts you wrote out Here's what I think the issue is. Here's a couple ways that I personally believe that you could solve it. You know, you come about it from a place of like trying to solve the problem and not be a fucking dickwad. And then you just, you know, I my my biggest thing is criticism is fine. Don't try and start a riot in like public forums. That would be Twitch chat, that would be the BSL Discord, which I know you guys have a feedback channel. And I respect you guys for that, but that was a mistake. (laughs) Uh, Like, people, if people have an issue, then they should bring it straight to the admins. Like, that's, in my honest opinion, that's how, like, it should always be done. And that's how I would have done it if I personally had an issue that I thought was, like, I have a couple ideas on how to to solve this. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like that's the best because, first of all, you know, 
you're you're showing that you're of pure intent because you're not doing this in Twitch chat. You're not doing this in the general chat of a Discord. You're not trying to rile people up because you're doing it in PMs, right? There's nobody to rile up. So you're already showing first and foremost that your intents are pure, right? And then your odds of them seeing it and taking it seriously, I feel like are way more are way higher, right? I mean, you can probably agree that you're way more likely to take seriously some criticism that comes through a PM from a player than somebody just typing in general chat in your Discord, right? Oh, absolutely. And on the topic of things like feedback channels, right? I think that there's a particular utility in things like this where a lot of people don't want to give actual feedback they just want to process whatever it is that they're feeling in the moment if you feel slighted by a decision or that they got screwed over or that the, the player that they liked didn't win they don't want to write that up in a post and make me actually read it they want to just have a place where they can vent which is why we made the trash talk channels right yeah that's what i was about to say <laughs> right the problem with the trash talk channels though as they went on is they kind of devolved a little bit into guild drama and siege drama and all that stuff so there wasn't really a place for people who didn't care about Vertex versus Black Rose or whatever and wanted a pl to just vent about the results of the actual tournament, which is why we made the feedback channel where if you had a thing you wanted to say, that's a place where we'd go read it because none of us read the trash talk channels. Never. We don't look at those things. That's just for the community to, to screw around with each other. But for the feedback channel, it was designed to be more of a place which, like, I don't have the bandwidth or the wherewithal or the desire to write up a formal post, but I want to write somewhere where I know that the admins will at least see it. Right. right. Which makes sense. <clears throat> I have a question about the, because you, you were a huge part of the cacao tournament from last October, mm. um, September, October. And that tournament got a ton of scrutiny for, a ton of things. Um, one of the main ones being once you guys got to the TwitchCon thing, you guys were using trial characters instead of main characters and this and that. So I'm kind of curious, what is the difference between when you're running it yourself and all the feedback kind of goes to you versus when Cacao's doing it, even though arguably it's going to be inherently more toxic because everyone in this community hates Cacao. Um, but is there a, a little bit of a barrier there where it's like not really directed towards you? Or did you still feel like it was like the feedback or toxicity was was directed towards you in, in that instance as well? Oh, gosh. So the cacao tournament, that was its own monster. So first and foremost, we uh, Good Vibes and I didn't have any say in the rule set of that tournament that was cacao's design entirely we were kind of just there to cast and they contracted out the qualification rounds to us which i should go on the record saying nobody was that upset about the qualification rounds the way we ran them it was kind of once they got to the to twitchcon and to the difference between the trial characters and the non-trial characters and all that stuff but there we caught a little bit of it I know uh, Good Vibes got kind of chased around the overworld a lot for a couple of months afterwards. He got, like, farmed by various guilds that were upset about the way that <laughs> thing. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. That's productive. But, like, at the end of the day, that was Cacao's mess that they made. And it worked. It went well. And I think that that grand final that we played at TwitchCon was probably one of the hypest PvP matches that has ever been played live on in BDO history. It was incredible. And at the end of the day, 
Yeah, there was a lot going on with the back end of that tournament. I think Kakao handled the criticism as best as they could, but the the design of playing a tournament that has qualifiers on one type of character and the actual grand final on a different type of character, that idea is just a little bit flawed at its outset. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I just don't think that they were set up well to get any sort of positive feedback from a result like that. I think what happened is halfway through, three quarters of the way through designing the tournament, we learned that we were finally able to use trial characters. They were a real thing that we would have. And they jumped on that and said, oh, we want to do this because we have the ability to do it now. So, I don't know. I don't fault them for making that decision. I think that if many people in their position would have done the same. But, yeah, they got a lot of flack. And we were able to dodge most of it, mostly because myself and Good Vibes were more just in the casting role at that point. Right. But we caught a little bit of it. Did uh, The irony is, didn't that finals end up in like a Game 7 type situation? Wasn't it like extremely yeah. close? <laughs> it was like such yeah, a good finals. <laughs> Very, very close. It was unbelievably hype. I remember when North America won, uh, there were probably 10 or 15 players from Black Rose that were there live, and they charged the stage to grab Benzie and Kip and yeah. <laughs> Klops back then, and they almost knocked the, the TV monitors off the top of the stage. It was probably like one more shake of that back bar, and that TV monitor would have come down. But that, like, that moment, those moments are why we do this, right? Those hype moments those exciting moments when people are happy they're excited they won they're great the could the losing team didn't feel that bad either because they had an incredible match they were disappointed but they were there and they had good sportsmanship like that sort of thing is what esports is for that's why we do this and, and sorry well i was gonna say more importantly wasn't it that event where we found out that tim allen is incredibly tall and Moreland is very short Oh, yeah, it's David and Goliath with those guys. Tim <laughs> Allen, I do, when Which I did... Which is the exact opposite of what I thought they would look like, honestly. Oh, my God. I did that interview with Tim on the desk, and he, you, that, those little, the, the ESL, like, Maxnomic gaming chairs that they have, he didn't fit in one of those chairs. It would, <laughs> he had to, like, squat down on it, and his legs, his knees were kicking up on the top of the desk. The guy's massive. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I wish they would do, like, all the criticism aside, like, an event like that was actually really cool. Uh, and it would be kind of cool to see them do something like that again, honestly. And more often. Yeah, because it's like, KR gets those things, or those types of things, fairly frequently, right? Like, not necessarily a tournament thing, but, like, where the players get to, like, hang out together and, like, you know, meet with a couple devs, maybe, or have a Q&A with them and stuff like that. Like, NA doesn't really get anything like that. Like, that was, like, the one time, I think, where it's happened. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I can't remember another time where they've done something like that. No, that was the big one. And I think that we in the community, like, the the BSL especially, has pushed for more live events. We loved that event, and the community loved that event. Yeah. And I think we got a lot of positive exposure from it. But that's something that the more voices in the community that come out in support of it the more likely it is that cacao will take action on it so yeah if you guys want more of that like the best thing to do is do things like this like let's make content let's be public facing voices that are saying we want this content and that will be the thing that kind of convinces cacao and Perlibus to continue to focus on events like that yeah so to white knight a little bit the the bsl um the so i was at work 
during all of the early parts of the final. So the 1v1, the king of the hill for EU and NA. But, oh my god. The 1v1 king of the hill style was actually the most fun thing to watch. That was like the best part of the whole tournament to me. And the surprising number, I'm forgetting the guy's name. I think Schwartz, the wizard. That killed the, I think he killed a ninja, a Musa, and a Mystic. And everyone's sitting like, wait, what is happening right now? Ugh. That shit was hype. Schwartz is a god, for sure. That guy is, is so probably good. the best wizard player I've ever seen. Like, hands down. Yeah. But the King of the Hill was great. And I think the 1v1 and the 2v2 sides were fantastic. Overall, they. It was really just the 3v3 that kind of put a big dark cloud over it but the first two days of the grand finals went by perfectly and that was kind of the benefit of having these formats that had been tested the 2v2 was just a 2v2 bracket right we had played that for a month in the bsl already and king of the hills were an established format kind of informally in the community people have been doing king of the hills mm-hmm. all sorts of ways yeah so running up king of the hill that's kind of more formalized and more structured it, it, it played out impeccably and I think everybody playing in the tournament for the King of the Hill had a really great time, too. Even, like, I think the only... I heard maybe one dissenting voice from Kip because he didn't get to play because his team just smashed too hard. But, right, like, right. at the end of the day, your team is still winning and you feel good about that. Yeah, that was yeah. a ton of fun. The funny thing, too, about Schwartz is, like, I was, like, reading the chat and some of the feedback on it, and people are like, Oh, this Sork is so garbage. Like, what? How would he ever lose to a wizard? I'm like, yeah, he only he only had to win to get here. What a horrible Sork. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the thing that just is so funny. People hate yeah. when, like, a class that's favored in a matchup wins. It, like, kills them on the inside. Yeah, I think uh, the BSL is filled with a lot of really hype moments. I think my personal favorite moment was, Is that a triple stun from the Mystic? Oh. <laughs> uh, did <laughs> I, the, the, I put it on every i have that as our intro for a reason i just love that that entire that fight it's one that, of my that's favorites that's what made time. me hate the bsl because everyone knows that was a stiffness not a stun what, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> hey man whatever works i guess <laughs> well uh dr positive we know you gotta run so we want to thank you again for coming and hanging out with us and uh you know well it, i don't know whether to apologize on behalf of the community or to say thank you but i guess i'll i'll just go with both i suppose and hopefully we can see uh more bsl in the future once things kind of pan out absolutely and thank you guys again for having me and there uh, no apology is necessary from the community i think that right now it was really that that dark night moment right? Where you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. (laughs) And we, this is a necessary step for us to continue to grow and for me to continue to grow as a production overseer and as a caster and as somebody involved in esports. And I just want to say that it's been phenomenal running this tournament. It's been an experience unlike any that I've ever had before. And if and when we do come back again, We'll come back with a much more resolute idea of what the BSL is going to be in the future. And hopefully, the community has also risen to this challenge. I wasn't being facetious in this message. I want people to come out and create their own tournaments. I want the BSL to be the start of something in this community rather than the end of something. 
And I hope that we'll see other people take up the mantle and run their own tournaments and try new formats and kind of iterate on what we laid down so that by the time the BSL and myself are ready to come back to the community, we have something new to explore. But, well, there's no kind of timetable on when that's going to happen. So hopefully soon, maybe, we don't know. But thanks again for having me, guys. For sure. Uh, the Value Pack uh, community tournament incoming on the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on, Dr. Positive. Sorry uh, sorry, it all went down the way it went. Um, are you actually you're going to quit uh, BDO? You're not going to play BDO anymore? Are you even 600 gear score? Can you quit BDO? Can I quit? Oh, I'm no, I am not even, I'm not even old soft cap. I'm not even full pet at this point. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be stepping away from BDO for a while. Been smashing some team fight tactics. That's my game of choice right now. Okay. But I don't know. I might come back in a little while, but I definitely need a break. All right. sure, man. Sounds good, We've man. all been there. All right. Thanks guys for having me. I appreciate it. Later, Dr. Positive. Thanks again. All right. So. Now that we got good goodbyes that, are so hard. Goodbyes are so hard. A, a very uh, influential member of the community for sure, and uh, you know, it, it's a loss. It's it's a definite loss. But hopefully, uh, and I'm sure he will because don't we all? Hopefully, he will return at some later date when I think the world needs him most. I think he went out on top by analogizing himself to Batman. Yeah. I always thought he was more of a Bane type character. <laughs> a Bane? <laughs> yeah. He was just setting everything up just so he could tear us all down, you know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, at the end of the day, it really does come down to exactly what he said, where he hopes some more people run tournaments in the future. Because here's the thing, as soon as you run a tournament, and you're on the receiving end of all the shit that tournament runners get, you, you realize, you're like, oh, this is difficult, this isn't easy, like, this is a pain, and it's like, it's not all roses and dandies, but, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see more, I don't know, hopefully the BSL comes back, I like the BSL, it was, uh, a lot of good times, a lot of good memories, but, yeah. uh, Especially you being in that uh, tunnel with the striker. That was uh, especially... Whew. That was awful. <laughs> Good memories, right, Frosty? <laughs> Great memories. Um, okay, yeah. we got comments now. We gotta do comments. Alright, let's do it. Uh, thanks everybody for leaving a comment on the last episode. Uh, almost a thousand... Let me refresh this page. Maybe we're at a thousand now. No, we're at 985, so almost a thousand views. Thank you very much, Secession System, for allowing me to put you in the title so that everybody searching for that gets led to the video. <laughs> Hopefully we got a couple of you people <laughs> that subscribed and are on this one as well. Uh, but thanks, people, for uh, leaving a comment. We'll jump right into it, starting with the newest. Papalicia says, Rezar, I think you were right about absolutes. People indeed did have the general gist that absolutes would make pre-awakening strong enough to use without relying on awakening. Also, hey, Frosty, and then Winky, three-face, and then a heart. Do you know this person? I do. Is this your girlfriend? This is not, no. No. <laughs> and my girlfriend knows nothing about him or her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're in a Vexus with me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that uh, uh, that was. I mean, Frosty, you kind of argued that point. Did you not think that absolutes were going to make right. pre awakening on the same level as awakening? First of all, I was more hyped than anybody on earth about absolutes, and right. I literally talked about them nonstop in Discord. They made a channel for me called Frosty's Absolute Skills. They <laughs> changed my name in Discord. So I maybe just because I knew what they were so well before they even came out that my expectations were already set. But I just don't remember. I don't remember anyone saying that it would remove awakening or anything. I always thought it was just to bring those skills up to par. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I definitely did not expect that at all. But I knew what they were going into it. So yeah. Uh, Papalusia also comments, uh, with the whole secession thing, I don't know how it'll affect Lawn, but I would be excited to try that out. As for another class, Tamber Pre-Awaken would be interesting as well. Seeing the secession of DK Witch Sork on mobile already, Sorks is quite impactful. Witch gets a fired teleport? Uh, I don't know, it just seems overall exciting, can't wait. Yeah, they sent me actually some videos of the, uh... The witch, I mean, they're on mobile, so the skills are different anyway. Even the skills they have that are supposedly the same as ours, they look entirely different. So it's not, we're not really going to learn anything from it. But I mean, on mobile, they look cool. (laughs) The Sork ones look really fucking cool. I I saw a video of a striker, a weakened striker, and I I actually couldn't recognize like half of the abilities he was using. So I don't know if that's secession abilities or if it's just like slightly different on mobile. I'm not sure what I was looking at. I just stopped after like a minute and a half, two minutes, because I was like, I, I, I don't know what I'm looking at here. <laughs> right. Um, Jeff M says, Missy Reslar, Frosty, be sure to wear gloves when rope swinging from PA's wrinkly nutsack to avoid rope burn. I don't need gloves. <laughs> Shepard112. Okay. No, no, he, he has more. I think you have a, it's truncated. Oh, you're right. Read more. Shit. Uh, Frosty, why did you unceremoniously dump Tamer? Makes me sad. Go ahead. I, uh, next question. Okay, well, <laughs> really enjoyed Reslar trying to stroke his own ego over an Aswell weapon. <laughs> it wasn't stroking my ego. Okay. It was literal genius. All right, moving on. I'm a Tamer, have no desire to only limit myself to just bow staff or short sword. I'll stick with both, but we need more info before we can speculate. Yeah, see, I'm an old... uh, When I, like, loved, loved Tamer, I only played in Awakening. You only used pre-Awakening, basically, for evasion. Like back in the day, like you occasionally use Void Lightning if you're running away, but the Awakening skills, you can rotate a protected super armor rotation and fish for CCs with it. So you didn't need pre-awakening that much. I mean, you use Bolt Jolt and stuff in combos, but that was it. So for me, I would be more inclined to play the Tamer if it was in Awakening more often. So maybe the succession skills would actually lure me back. But yeah, that's part of the reason I just I just don't enjoy the pre-awakening that much. The Rebam skills are really fun, but outside of that, I don't think Bolt Jolt is that fun. I don't think... I don't know. I don't think a lot of the pre-awakened stuff is that fun, personally. I like the bow staff better. Yeah, you're going to end up doubling the amount of reroll coupons you buy after Secession dude, comes out. Dude, I know. It's such a scam, <laughs> dude. I gotta start working overtime. Start saving now. Yeah. 
the Shepherd one one two says, "You think Valencia nodes are a pain? Just wait until the eventual node wars in Dragon. I'd love it, but not, I know a lot of people would hate it. I'm unconvinced that we'll ever get that." Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. I I remember seeing it on Korea. I don't know if they still have it or if it was just a demo or what, but I have no idea. It would be nice yeah. though because those areas look really fun to fight in. They would uh they would have to take away nodes in current areas, which would be fine because right now they have duplicate nodes so much. Like like Ollie was talking about last week, like where you literally fight for the same node three times in one week. Yeah, which like. I don't necessarily have a problem with, but I just don't see them doing, honestly. But maybe they will. I don't know. Uh, R9S says, Scared of skill changes for Kuno slash Ninja if can't use both fluently. Awakening Mystic is the only thing I can think of that would be fun with those changes. I don't know. What classes do you guys think would benefit? Theory crafting time, I guess. Uh, I think you will be able to use both no matter what. So I'm pretty sure you'll still be able to be fluent with both Awakening pre-Awakening no matter what route you go it's just one's going to be more dominant than the other if you choose succession that's my thinking and i'm pretty sure you'll still be able to use the same setup you use now uh yeah. i think every class will benefit honestly i mean part of it is because it's just going to be more fun to have a powerful alternative to what you've been used to yeah i mean at the end of the day here's the thing at the end of the day and this is i think i mentioned this last week but i'm just going to reiterate it as long as there is a hybrid option that allows you to continue playing your class the way you do now, this, there's literally no detriment to this. Mm -hmm. This is only benefit because it adds a variety to the classes, which I think, you know, it's great that we have so many classes in the game and it's great that they've continued, you know, making more classes that are fairly unique uh, to other classes. But at the end of the day, every archer does the same thing, right? Like, every berserker does the same thing. Every sork does the same thing, right? Once you get to the, that baseline of skill where they're now playing their class effectively, they all do the same thing. And then it's basically this huge gap in the middle where you have bad players who don't know what they're doing that throw you off. Then you have the large middle ground, which is they all do the exact same shit. And then you have the insane players that throw you off because they're just, like, ahead of you. You know, they're better than everybody else that you fight. But those ends, the really bad players that do weird things that throw you off, and the really good players that can pull off shit you've never seen before, those are very small amounts of the population. The majority of players, probably, like, 80%, 80 to 90%, are in that middle where they all do the exact same thing. Or they're trying to do the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Trying to do the exact same <laughs> thing. So you know to. what to expect, right? So that's the thing that I think make this is really good for the game. Because now when you see this ranger, you don't go, oh, he's just going to do you know, the same thing every other ranger does. Now you have to go, ah, shit, is this a fucking bow ranger who's just going to spam from range? Is this a, a sword ranger who's going to be diving in close range? Or is this the hybrid ranger that I'm used to fighting, you know? It adds a little bit of variety. And they have to do the same thing with you, right? So I, I think it adds another aspect to PvP that is really interesting. And, you know, as, as long as... Here's the thing that I'm worried about and that I haven't heard people talk about. The most thing, the biggest thing that I'm concerned with when it comes to secession is balance. Because here's the thing. 
We are now adding a lot of new shit to the combat in this game. And while the game right now is pretty decently balanced, right? If people like Frosty would probably say it's the most balanced it's ever been, I kind of disagree, but it's pretty well balanced at the moment. You better you better back that up with a stating a time it was more balanced. <laughs> I I think it's fairly well balanced right now. And we're adding a whole new thing to it. We're adding, yeah, it's going to be crazy. So I, that's the only thing that I'm concerned about is keeping the balance like good while adding all this new shit to the to the combat, right? So that's the thing that I'm mostly worried about. This is why I want to keep I want to like etch that interview question in stone where they say we believe strongly that the succession skills are going to help resolve the balance issues we've been hearing okay we'll see (laughs) yeah adding multiple layers to every class is going to make balancing easier got it (laughs) (laughs) i mean again they could just go the approach of if everyone's just wildly overpowered then no one's underpowered Right, like pre-CC changes, where every ability had, you know, super armor, frontal guard, and two CCs throughout the skill. <laughs> I know, right? Fucking, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, <coughs> we'll see. I, I think as long as they're able to keep the game relatively balanced, where, like, nothing is too insane, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, like, week one of Awakening where only Warrior has their Awakening running around. And there's no like pre there's no like pre blade spin ninja running around. There's no uh post rebomb Valkyrie running around. Like as long as it's none of that shit going on, then we'll be okay, I think. Well it sounds like that is how it's gonna start though. You think? Well they said Ranger, Valkyrie, and Warrior first. Yeah, but I I ah, dude. I just can't imagine they make that mistake again. I feel like they're going to put that stuff out. They're going to do that on, like, the test lab and, like, maybe KR. I don't think that's going to happen with us. I just can't believe it. There's no way they make that mistake again when everybody complained about it last time they did that. Yeah. Well, they did it differently with the the absolutes, at least. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Korea got the absolutes, like, every two weeks on a new class or three classes, and then we just got all of it at once. Right, yeah. So, So that's what I'm saying, like. We'll see. But I don't, I don't know. know. This we're... is where cacao, cacao, we're relying on you, baby. Don't, don't <laughs> our patches are a little down. our patches are a little bit closer. Alright, I have a question though. What if they do all right, let's say what if Ranger, Warrior, and Valkyrie ones are completely done? And that's what that was that was their main focus. And they're like, We have these, we can release them now. We're working on the next three. Do we want them not to release them and wait like I, I actually would rather them just hold that until they do all of them. Dude, I want to try to overcome a ranger that's too powerful, right? Dude, that's just like, ah, uh, it's just going to be such a nightmare all over again. Dude, I think it'll be fun. I never got to experience that. I wasn't there when the Awakenings were first coming out, man. Dude, you wouldn't want to be there. It was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Every warrior was just grave digging and insta killing everybody. Whoever wasn't insta killed had the biggest slow in the game on them, so they literally couldn't play their class. It was miserable. Right. Fuck. Uh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> comments. Yeah, that's what we were doing. Uh, where was I? Lost Souls Ninja Pre Awakening is really good. Feels a lot faster. All they need to do is add CC back to Blade Spin, and I will go full Pre Awakening. You know, 
I read that comment and I, I rolled my eyes at first. And then I laughed because I thought, all right, Lossos, let's just say you get floating back on your blade, on blade spin, right? So you're going to go pre-awakening. You're not going to have, in this hypothetical world, you're not going to have silent charge or murder or serpent. You cool with that? You trade that for the float on blade spin? All right. Fine. Yeah. I actually am a huge fan of the ninja pre-awakening. I don't like the awakening. That's why I've never been tempted to play the class, honestly. Mm-hmm. I actually really don't care for the awakening, but the pre-awakening I find really, really fun. Whenever uh whenever Shadow Arena was still a thing, I actually like never touched it after the first week, and then they released Ninja, and that's literally all I did was run around in Shadow Arena as a ninja, because it was just really fun. Yeah, the pre-awakening so, is awesome. I if they made the pre-awakening like pretty good, I actually might be tempted to do that, but I don't know. I'd have to be, I'd have to be pretty desperate. The warrior secession hat would have to be pretty dog shit for me to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Infrax, who uh, who did show up at the community night for a total of five minutes, appreciate it, man. Before he fell asleep because it was like four a.m. and he was high as shit apparently. Uh, Infrax says, talking about Reslar's Ogre Sacrifice, I used to sacrifice DP for AP, like sell Tet Armors to buy another Tet Accessory, till I ended up with 261 AP and 220 DP. Had to grind Gahaz and even got killed by newbies when I didn't pay attention to the minimap. Feels fucking bad. Great podcast as always, hyped for community night. Yeah, you weren't hyped for long, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy showed up, said like, two things. And then he deafened and muted and fell asleep, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he needed a nap beforehand. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, where am I? John Coat. John Coat says, we'll go 100% Awakened Sork. Fucking hate the pre-Awakening Sork skills. They are OP, though. So if I can't do Scythe only and be strong, or I think he meant if I can. Yeah. If I can do Scythe only and be strong, I am 100% on that. I'm with you. I, I think that would be so much fun. A Sork that always has its scythe out, that would be kind of cool. I don't know uh, if that'll actually be a thing, but if it is, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I've heard... So, fun fact, Clash is about 20% Sorks for some fucking reason. And uh, a pretty large majority of them say that they they kind of would like to do the Awakening. Actually, I won't say majority, a plurality. Quite a few, I've heard say that they think that it could be interesting if they did the Awakening only. Um, Supermaxter33 says, I'm a Canadian. Canada is, pre- Canada is pretty dope, sort of. US is okay, but Canada has some nice stuff, too. As for the secession, that shit's lame. <laughs> but as long as I can still use both Awakening and Pre-Awakening at the same effectiveness as before, I don't really care. Although, if I had to choose between Pre-Awakening and Awakening, I'd choose Pre-Awakening. Because more skills and more CC. I am a Valk, by the way. See, that's crazy to me. I think a purely awakened Valk would be so much fun where you never had to use its awful pre-awakening. I hate Valk pre-awakening. Yeah. He also says, uh, really don't want to fight Secession pre-awakening Rangers. And also, Scythe only Sork is going to have some mana issues. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I don't know how you get I'm mana sure back. they'll fix it. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Gee says Secession Sork and Tamer for sure. Not sure if he means pre-awakening or awakening, but 
probably seems to be reckoning. seems to be a pretty common theme. Sorkin Tamer. Uh, Michael Hazelrig says pre woke whiz on Xbox versus pre woke Stroker and Zerk. Yeah, no, lol. Uh, although it made me a god with my telly, I would for sure take my awakening. For the record, this adds diversity in ways and takes it away in others. Having a full toolkit at your disposal and using all of that your class has to offer is something I find very enjoyable. Well, good news. There's going to be a hybrid option. At least that's what they make it sound like. So you'll be able to continue on as you do normally. So it doesn't take away diversity. You're in luck. Uh, Reno, Rhino, I still don't know how to say this name. It's been like a month now. Please yeah. correct me type, on whether this is Reno phonetic, or Rhino. Type out the phonetic spelling for us, please. <laughs> is it Reno, is it Reno 911? Or is it, uh, Ace Ventura coming out the butthole of a fake Rhino? That's what I need to know. Uh, if I was gonna choose a class and only use main hand, uh, it would either be to stay on my Witch as playstyle and PvP is already main hand focused, or Ranger just because I think ranged is cool. Uh, ranged Succession's out already. It's called Archer. <laughs> Archer feels bad, dude. Uh, one second. Typing. Uh, where am I? Uh, Ritzer. That's a fucking name. Ritzer McGoark says, keep them coming. Appreciate it, brother. Sorry if I fucked up your name. Probably did. <laughs> I'm really bad at names. You guys need to phonetically. Is that the word, Frosty? Yeah, I believe so. Phonetically. You guys need to phonetically spell out your names whenever you got some shit like this going on. Yeah, phonetic spelling is like where you sound it out for us. So for right, Reno, right, right. if his is spelled pronounce Reno, he would put like R-E-E dash N-O or K-N-O-W. N-O-H, I think. (laughs) Right? I don't know. I mean, you could do it really any way you want as long as we know. (laughs) Marshall Cure says, as a Musa, I'm not sure which way to go for the... Wait, is this the Marshall that uh, was it? Yeah, I think so. Hey, what up, brother? Uh, as a Musa, I'm not sure which way to go for the Secession system. My pre-waking kit is really good for damage and CC and PvP, but most of my defense is in Awaken and my C swap. Also, the Awaken is really good for PvE, so I'm not sure which way to go right now, but I'm leaning the hybrid build. I think most people are. I, I think there's a large, unspoken majority of the population that's... If they, were, if they had to choose, they would probably just continue with what they have now, because that's what they're used to. Yeah. I think people like me and Frosty are kind of outliers, uh, especially me, because I am, uh, I've played this game for a really long time. I bet you a lot of really veteran players are going to end up choosing pre-awakening because they want to like go back to the good old days, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of classes that have where their pre-awakening is just not ever discussed that I think is why I'm mostly excited about this. Like, for example, Musa and Mewa. Like, their pre-awakening kit is so underutilized because a lot of it is so crap. So if any of it's actually good after this, it's going to be so interesting to me. More interesting, I think, than, like, Sork pre-awakening because they already use it so much. Yeah. 
Uh, Jake Stennett said, said this in Discord ages ago, but this podcast brought me back to BDO and made me want to shot call. Well, yeah, good luck. Uh, perfect timing <laughs> on release on this one. Working from home due to abscess and sick distraction. 10 out of 10 would recommend to, or have recommended to friends over in EU. Appreciate it, man. We need to do a, uh, well, we'll see. Yeah, EU, trial, gonna... EU trial characters, maybe. Yeah. Hop into EUBA and just hang out with some peeps. Yeah, we'll see. I I might put up a poll in Discord and see how many EU people would actually be interested in something like that. That way we could, it... I could feel what it's like to have your ping. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, dude, wouldn't that be some shit if I play on the EU servers and I have better ping than I do right now? <laughs> <laughs> There's a chance. There is a chance. Uh, Pep Map Duabi. That's a fucking name. Rock Climbing XDDDDDDDDD. Yeah, dude. Rock Climbing is, is the succession life skill. Yeah. Hype as fuck for that, dude. Rock Climbing win. I'm still waiting on it. I They had that press conference like two years ago. I've heard no progress on it. It's what I've been waiting for this entire time. Um... Carbon zero zero ace one says stroker gauntlet because of protection. Dude, a striker with a stronger pre awakening. Oh my god, <laughs> the pre awakening is so good. Uh, Dio Luki says, "Is that a triple stun from the Mystic?" No, it's a stiffness. It's a stiffen. It's a stiffen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan Crawford says, "When will you feature Snurtle?" Never. Uh, we Gucci says another episode. Yay! Great yeah, work, guys. Hey. Keep it up. Wait, who is Snurtle? Do you know Snurtle? Snurtle is Jordan in Clash. Oh, he's okay. a he's a two eighty AP archer who loses to uh two sixty five AP wizards in one v ones. So, yeah, sorry, yeah. Snurtle, you're out. Yeah, maybe maybe once uh Jordan can beat wizards in one v ones, then we can have him on the podcast. Uh, we Gucci says another episode. Yay. Great work guys. Keep it up. Looking forward to the new tier list that's coming up. Answer. I'm a Musa and I would choose my awakening since at least in my opinion, using the pre-awaken on Musa feels kind of awful except dragon bite and rising storm. The awakening is so much fun. Just spinning around and grinding with, I really dislike having to go into pre-awakening because my skill rotations to buff up at higher AP grinding spots. Yeah. We have a lot of mooses. We actually do have a lot of mooses that listen. We to should show. probably do a moose podcast, shouldn't we? I mean, we probably should get a good moose on. Yeah. Shaky Bay won't get back. There's to just me. not a lot of them though. That's kind of my issue. Shaky Bay won't get back to me, dude. Isn't he a mystic now? Anyways, actually, again, I don't know. I saw him as a moose the other day. Oh, I thought he was back on mystic again. He's yeah. the one everyone learns from, right? I don't know, dude. <laughs> All I know is he can't beat a plus five Grunel oh, warrior. Alright. <laughs> Let's get into some stuff. Yeah, thanks everybody for leaving a comment. Drop one on this one as well. Same question as last week. I want to know uh, more of you guys' opinions on Secession. If you were given the option to have a stronger pre-awakening and weaker awakening, or a stronger awakening and a weaker pre-awakening, or continue on playing as you do now... Which one would you like to pick? Let us know what class you are playing and which option you would take. Very interested to read people's opinions on this matter. So make sure you drop that comment down below. 
Frosty, what do we got? All right, so let's start real quickly with uh, history hackers. Okay. And I use that term as a, a general term, but it's a uh, we could call them black star hackers, stars end hackers, history hackers, Ackman hackers, Schultz, guard hackers. <laughs> There's actually been some there, dude. The history hacking is like out of hand, and I, I just need to bring it up because I now I'm starting to wonder if cacao actually is unaware or they're just ignoring the issue but it's like really 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 bad right now there's probably one of these hackers grinding on every channel at some location at all hours of the day that's how bad it is have you run into one recently uh i have not but i have seen plenty of videos yeah of so them. A couple encounters I've had. One of the ones, well, Sammy was grinding in Histria, and there was one on his channel. And he, it's like a, it's not even a person like hacking. It's just a bot. It's a bot that's running around mostly on Zerkers, but there are some other classes too. But it's mostly Zerkers where they're in this weird frozen stance floating in the air and they're scooting around Histria. And you just see these red explosions behind them. And if you go near them and you hit them, you insta die. Whenever they touch mobs, the mobs insta-die. And uh, Sammy was, like, chasing one around. And he actually got one killed. And after he killed the guy, the dude's body was still scooting around in the exact pattern that he was grinding history. Like, his dead body was still scooting around, which I have no idea how that's possible. But, yeah. So, I just want to bring some awareness. It's really bad. It affects the market. It adds a bunch of accessories to the market and lowers their value or increases their value. It's adds silver inflation. Like, there's a ton of problems with it. And it needs to be looked at. Please, someone from Cacao, leave feedback. Let them know that it's it's actually really, really bad. Yeah. Well, they're, the GMs can't really do much about it. They're a little too busy popping bells on all the channels. I know, I know. But right now, there's no bell <laughs> on Val 6. I'm looking. Dude. So if you're not going <laughs> to pop a bell on Val 6, the least you could do is ban a hacker. Please. Dude, that looks so bad. Like, I know that that dude's probably not in charge of banning history of hackers. No, and, you know? like, and he literally was. He literally was popping bells on every channel. Like, that's what he was put on to do. It was like an event that was going on. Right, exactly. But it's like, don't say that. That looks so bad. <laughs> I think it's awesome, dude. I love the honesty. For, the, for those who didn't know there what was it like a month ago now yeah. a couple weeks maybe it was i am choice uh, i'm pretty sure yeah it was choice choice found a hacker in history i believe right or was it sakraya uh, i can't remember i can't remember oh yeah sakraya they're a, at sakraya too he found a hacker somewhere and he pm'd this gm saying hey i got a hacker on this channel uh standing right in front of me at this location can you come take care of this guy and the GM replied, sorry, I can't. I'm popping bells on every channel. And Joyce replied, okay, cool. Good to see priorities are in check or something like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. It just looks so bad. <laughs> get the awareness out there. People are history hacking. It's fucking awful. It needs to get fixed. Stat. It's, I, it's, it's so really interesting bad. to me how the hackers, like, come in waves, right? It's like they, it slowly builds up, it feels like. Well, like I, think it, it, I think it's pretty simple. It's like 
there's always people trying to hack or bot accounts, whatever, trying to do it. And then once someone succeeds at it, it's working properly and they go a certain amount of time without being banned, more and more people start using it and then it just explodes and becomes like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really, really bad right now. And yeah. I, it's like the circle of life. It's the circle of hacking. It's so obvious too. That's the thing that I think bothers me so much about it is I, I got the phishing bot one, how you have to be really hesitant with that because it literally could just be someone AFK phishing or something like that. Right. But or some guy pretending to be fish botting. <laughs> right. Oh God. <laughs> but this is like when you see them, there's no question in your mind that immediately you just know there's nothing about what I'm looking at. That's normal. And a GM should be able to just go in there, look at them and be like, oh, yeah, that's fucking weird. And then yeah. temp ban them while they do an investigation and then perma ban them when they realize, yeah, this dude's hacking. Yeah, I get that there's a lot of things that go into it. So th this just can't always be the case. But I do miss the days where I literally watched a GM ban somebody in game. Like it was like a month or two after the game launched. I'm at Hex. Just killing stuff. There's this dude, uh, he was botting his account. Bot was just running in circles on Tamer casting, uh, fuck, what's it called? What's the circle ability called? Giant AoE. I'm Roaring? Tamer? Yeah, yeah, Roaring. Roaring? Yeah. So they were basically, and you could spam it off cooldown, right? Uh, I believe so, and it just does less damage and no CC. Yeah, so this bot, they had a bot set up on their Tamer where she was just running in a circle <clears> casting <throat> Roaring like every couple steps. And uh, I literally watched this GM, like, show up, and then it kept, he kept pulling the tamer to him, like, teleporting him to her, the, the GM, rather, and trying to ask questions. And, of course, the tamer was a bot, so it wasn't replying with anything. It just kept running and trying to get back on its rotation. And so then he just says, okay, bye-bye. And then the tamer just disappears. And I was like, holy shit, did I just watch somebody get banned in game? And then the GM just turned around and said, have a good day to me and the other guy watching, and then just disappeared. And we were like, holy shit. <laughs> That's like, there's, there's certain things that go into that kind of stuff where it can't happen, right? Like, maybe they don't have the resources to do that kind of stuff anymore. But I do miss those days where you could literally watch GMs ban people. Right. It, it, it installed a lot of faith in the community, you know? So... Now that they have, now that a good vibes guy is a CM or GM, wouldn't you know the animation for Suicide Fall? Yep. Wouldn't it be cool? Like you see, there's a history of hacker, the Zerker. He's like spinning around. Good vibes guy shows up on his ninja. He's like, "Yo, what are you doing? Hello, respond. Are you a bot?" And then you just see him block jump, grapple, Suicide Fall. But on the way down, they just go into the earth and disappear. <laughs> 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 or he uses he uses the lost soul trick where they suicide fall but it never ends. Yeah, they're just spinning forever and ever. <laughs> and you're just like, God damn it, lost souls. I'm trying to PvP someone else right now. Why are you even grabbing me to begin with? <laughs> Alright. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of griefing, I, I meant to mention this earlier, but I completely forgot. Uh shout out to the archer at Polly's Forest, who I brutally murdered two times in a row. Uh, my bad. <laughs> this poor archer walks into my rotation. I had been dealing with griefers for like an hour, so I was like really not in the mood to deal with anybody. So he walks into my rotation, so I just flagged up and like insta-killed him. And he came back again, and I just killed him again. And like, <laughs> like two minutes later, 
like two or three minutes later, he just PMs me. He says, love the podcast, by the way. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. I, I sent you that screenshot the other day. Someone yeah. came up to me. They were flagged. He came up to me flagged. And they're like, oh, shit, Frosty. And I was like, what's up? He's like, dude, love the show. And I was like, thanks, man. And then he goes, Reslar's dumb, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I was like, no, for sure. Shout out to that guy as well, I guess. Yeah, I was but... like, appreciate your honesty. You can have the spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. All right, let's move on to uh, Lawn Grab. Lawn Grab. Lawn Grab. Okay, I sent you this Piotr, post. Piotr, put these gifts up on screen right now if you can. I'll I'll write down the time for you yeah, so you don't have to down. go searching for it. I'm going to describe it for listeners anyway, but do you have uh did you click that link? We'll open these together. I so did. I, I, I looked. It. I okay. looked while you were talking. So I'm going to open this first one. Example one. This is uh this guy put up a post saying that he thinks the, the long grab needs to be looked at. And first he did three examples with training dummies. And so in this first one, he's standing and there's a training dummy to his left and about three character lengths away and he just grapples facing directly forward and it pulls the guy from the left to right in front of him so that's example number one example number two he's standing on top of a ledge with a training dummy about four or five character lengths in front of him on a different plane like completely lower he grapples it pulls the guy up the ledge and then example three which is the most egregious the guy's on top of a ledge, a pretty high ledge. The guy's to his right, about five character lengths away. He grapples forward, it pulls the training dummy up. So after he posted this, he's saying, I'm fine with the grabbing range because that's a class thing, but the AOE needs to be smaller. And everyone got upset. All of these lawns were like, that's not what happens in game. Like, you need to test with real people. So he basically put up a bunch of examples with real people, and the exact same thing happens. You can grab them through walls. You can grab them on different level, uh, different altitudes. And yeah. So I'm going to back this guy up and say, I agree the lawns grab should have range. I think that's unique and cool for the class and the kit. But the AOE radius needs to be reduced. And I think that something needs to be added in its place, a buff of, of some sort, if that makes sense. But that radius is absurd and it's not it's kind of for both parties it's not fun because you always end up in a situation where someone's frustrated because they moved out of the way and you missed your grab if in a normal fight but you didn't miss your grab because the radius is so huge so no matter where they went you were going to grab them anyway it's kind of one of those like not satisfying way to win thing you know what i mean like tamer has this when i played tamer Whenever I'd be PvPing with a friend in like duels and BA and they would catch me, I'd make a mistake, I'm on the ground and then they're in the middle of their combo and my pet CCs them. Like that's not a satisfying win for me because I didn't do anything. Like I made a mistake, I got caught, the pet CC'd them. Like that is not fun and I think this kind of is in the same category as that. Like I, I just think it's a little out of hand. So yeah, my opinion, it, it, reduce the cone. Give them something else in its place, buff another skill in its place, whatever, to make lawns a little bit more powerful, fine. But the grab is just like, it's just not a fun mechanic that you can grab people that far away or through objects or on a different level, like all. So it's, it's, in, it's a little bit insane. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, the cone 
the the cone is probably a bit too wide. If they want to have it a cone, that's fine. It doesn't need to be that insane. What really bothers me is like the different level thing, and also the can pull you through like a fence thing. Like <laughs> yeah. that is like what? That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean there are archers that can't shoot an arrow if you're on a different plane at you. Yeah, like exactly. there's archer and ranger abilities that literally like can't go up or down, and but the grapple is like you magneto them. Yeah, it's just, it's a little crazy. And it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be as upset about that if it was melee. It's just the fact that it is ranged, it is AoE, and it can be used on different planes, and it can be used to pull people through walls and shit. Like, it's all of that combined. Like, some of that has to be, like, toned down a little bit, because it's just too insane. I need to clarify, too, because lawns get defensive, and they're like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 lawns OP, go ahead take away our grapple and then we have nothing i don't want you to lose your grapple i also don't think lawn is op this isn't really necessarily just a balance thing it's like a mechanic that is just absurd thing it's not necessarily because like in there's not going to be a lot of situations where you're on a different plane and you get pulled up but it's you know if you're gonna have all the other classes be somewhat skill-based if they're equal and, you know, whatever, skill and gear. That just does, that literally is like the definition of no skill, where you just press E and no matter where they are, they've lost. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So. Yeah, there's this lawn and Reddit is reading about it. Oh, there, right yeah. Now. There were some people that were really upset. Let me see if I could find, um, Let me see if I can find a funny comment. I just want to give an example. Well, he says, this guy says, if you want to nerf the grab, you need to give us better ways to catch people that out. To catch people out, I guess. He means like CC them, right? I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, That aren't slow, unprotected, or I'm assuming he meant are literally standing still in a super armor, hoping somebody walks into our CC. But I, I don't know. It's like, dude, you have a grapple. Like, even if they nerf your grapple, you have a grapple. Right. Man, it's like, crazy, I, too. I don't really... I don't get the complaint. There are... Like, every other class has a melee grapple. If they reduce the AoE on your grapple a little bit, you're going to be fine. There are people arguing... Like, it, it's so weird to me. I, I There's people arguing that this was already fixed on PC, that this only happens on Xbox, and it's like... All those demos were on PC. And you yeah, can test well, it. No, I think they got confused because it's tagged to Xbox for some reason. No, but this guy's saying that this doesn't happen in my tests on PC. This other guy that's arguing with him. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's crazy. Yeah, Snuggles in, in my guild didn't believe it either. And then we went and tested, and he was like, all right, yeah, I didn't realize it was that absurd. My bad. <laughs> he wants yeah. to apologize. You better apologize for your existence, Lance. Sons of bitches. Um, all right. <sighs> what on. are you gonna do? Moving on. Uh, Kaposha. Kaposha yeah. accessories came out this week. First of all, what are your thoughts? Uh, just as useless as everyone thought they were gonna be, dude. 
they I don't understand. How are they useless? All right, I'm going to give you a breakdown because no one wants to think about noobs. Everyone thinks like, I already have 10 accessories. What am I going to do with this? These are bad. The only thing, the only thing it's like kind of useful for, in my honest opinion, mm-hmm. is you're able to make a second Kaposha accessory. How is that only kind of useful? Dude, if you're a noob, you literally get to put, you get to level 62, your earring slots are set, which by the way, if you're reaching Sawcat, that's like the hardest slot to fill like you know getting those earring slots is fucking awful when you're new the ring yeah. slots are done like that's cool you literally get one for free and then you get to make the other one for cheap as hell it costs like 750 mil to make the the ring and 850 mil or 900 mil to make the earring which in both okay. cases saves you either one or two bill let's calm down 800 mil is not cheap for a new player it's cheap no, for you it's cheaper than 2.8 bill i mean yeah Way cheaper than 2.8 bill. And a lot of new players don't like enhancing because it's awful. Like when you can't make a lot of money. Yeah, it's the worst part of the yeah, game. <laughs> if you're RNG carried, it's fine. But like some people, man, it's discouraging when you're trying to get soft cap and you waste two builds trying to get a try accessory. So for those, I think it's good. I do not believe it is worth enhancing. Maybe someone can make a case. I still don't know if the second earring blows up or not because no one's enhancing them. So I haven't seen a video. Because it doesn't state clearly. Um, And if it does, obviously, that's absolutely useless. If it doesn't, then it's only kind of useless. Like, you'd really only want to get it up one level, maybe two, if it's going to get you to, like, a significant bracket. But I also like... I like the idea that you can have, like, these Kaposh accessories for people that are trying to build a guild and they're not worth blowing up. So if someone is a moron and roulette, they'll still always have these gold accessories. And they won't be fucked. Well, unless they trash them. <laughs> unless they're, well, if they're that, if they're that far gone, then, then they're that far gone, you know? But there's some people that they blow up their <laughs> shit and then, like, they immediately, like, fuck, man, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, I wanted to ask, did you, did you buy into the hype of uh, buying accessories to make money? No, I, I never do things like that. All right. So I told the story on the one podcast, but basically uh, we had this Ukrainian Yeah, yeah. Go dude. ahead and brag about how much money no, you dude, made. It Go was ahead. awesome. So me and, me and Sammy were all in. So this Ukrainian dude read those that Russian interview to us, and we immediately jumped on buying a bunch of Ronero strings. And my original plan in my head, I was thinking, all right, I just, if they get to like nine or 10 mil each, then I'll sell them. And basically double my money. So I invested about um, 340 mil on Ronero strings. I had total like 120 because I already had some. I had 120 of them. And then my backup plan was like, if they never go up in price, if they still sit around six or seven mil and it's not really much of a profit, then I'll just enhance the Ronero strings because I have so many. One of them's bound to go try and you could just sell tries for 340. So if I get one to try break even if i get two to try profit and so on and so forth but then me and sammy were talking about it and we decided we're just going to melt all the ronoros rings turn them into crescent rings and enhance those and if we get one try crescent ring we're going to be rich so i got one try crescent ring i succeeded one so i sold five base rings and a try crescent so i spent 340 uh mil and i ended up with 1.9 bill and then Sammy spent 
like 540 mil and he actually succeeded two tricrescent rings and ended up with like three bill or 2.8 bill so fuck yeah goddamn genius yeah yeah good for you eat that blade boquest <laughs> i didn't even have to use a wagon so it no wasn't even wagon. a little bit tedious no wagon and no second worker no wagons <laughs> no extra workers no extra nodes nothing it was great oh fuck yeah anyway i'm actually pretty happy about that now i only need 24 more build to get this pendem tree oh boy so uh last but not least so shy got some super armors and some damage aoe abilities and they became a mage how does that make you feel i was kind of curious uh it's pretty stupid i mean yeah that's it it's pretty much how i feel I just want you to record, like, once we get the Shy's Awakening, or whatever they want to call it, the Shy's uh, Enhanced Self, uh, just record your grinding sessions, and I want to see how many times you're getting killed by Shy's, so I can laugh at you. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Dude, like, at the end of the day, like, I just don't get it. They they, they said, we're going to make a support class. It is then... a support class. But they're trying to make it not be. They literally don't get it, it. It has a grand total of six skills that do damage. Okay. And four of them you can't use in PvP because it's a slow cone in front of the character. You know who else has four damage abilities? You better stop right now. <laughs> don't you dare. You know what? Know. By the way. Have, hold on. Let me count. So. Seven. Witch and Wizard have seven damaging abilities in their awakening. In their awakening, yeah. Shy has six total when you combine both. They have four now, and they're going to have six when they get their awakening. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> also, I saw a clip of Blue perma-stiffening this guy. Hopefully that's not a thing, because, uh, yeah, that's really gay. How? What? What was like he the was uh... playing the bongos and it was like this. <laughs> he, I'm sorry, like... but that's just so just <laughs> the words and how you said it, dude. He was playing the bongos. I mean, duh. <laughs> he was he was playing the bongos and it looked like a version of Aqua Jail with like these little water bullets going all over the place oh, inside right. the Aqua Prison, and it was perma stiffening this guy. He couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't get out of it. It was a DK. He was trying to spam his iframes, and he literally couldn't move. Weird. Was it just the bubble? Was he just trapped in the bubble? No, he was. No, it wasn't the bubble. I'm telling you, it was like an aqua prison looking move. Let me see if I can find the fucking thing. Yeah, because um, uh, I'm trying to think like how it Discord would. I found it in. I'm trying to think how it would ignore the CC limit. Yeah, dude, you got me. Like I, I was watching it, and I was like, "How is that even happening?" But it awesome, literally, though. it literally looked like Aqua Jail. Like it really did. It looked exactly right, the same, but like a little bit just more bigger. fancy, right? Isn't it like uh, it has like lines going back and forth on the inside? Yeah, of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know it the animation like you're talking bullets. about. I haven't seen it used on anyone. Does it do any damage, or is it just a CC? Uh, I don't think it did any damage. The only thing that was out of place to me with the the new skills like the dust one is okay kind of fits the theme of the shy but i didn't i don't get the fire one really dude literally like every discord channel and every discord that i'm in has that fucking tim allen clip i know dude <laughs> oh is this it i think i may have just found it hold on let me watch this real quick is this it 
For the radio uh, listeners at home, he's watching an animated GIF. Yeah, 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 this is it. All and right. by the way, it Link does it. do insane it. damage. Link it in here. Holy shit, that does so <clears> much <throat> damage. Was he perma CC'd or just stunned for four seconds? Did it just stun him twice? No, 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 no. Here, I'll, I'll link it to you. Hang on, let's see this. It actually does, like... It's not like... For what for the fact that it is also perma-stiffening them, it does an insane amount of damage. Okay. Piotr, I'll link this to you. Put this in right now so the people watching can see it. I don't think that that does an insane amount of damage. He's just using the new health bars. No, but, like... I mean, each one of those bars is a third of his HP, right? Right. So it took him... But that's that? what I'm saying. Like, it's not insane damage in and of itself, right, but the fact right. that it's also permanent stiffening him and does that much damage is insane. Dude, that is crazy. But, what? but if you see, it was a lawn, not a DK, but he, like, can't do anything. I wonder why it stays, it keeps them stiffened that long. It looks like there was, like, one second in there. If you watch it closely, yeah. I, don't, I don't play lawn. But I think there is one second where he probably could have gone now, but he was typing. Hmm. Right there. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan there. of these premises. That looks like the chain lightning issue. Remember when chain lightning used to yeah, just keep you Yeah, very, very similar, yeah. Yeah, hopefully that's not a thing, because that looks awful. Yeah, that looks pretty insane. But so for yeah, those wondering, the literally like, yeah, he uses it. It's a giant AOE with a circle. Lines are traveling through. The animation looks fucking cool, by the way. That's a really cool looking skill. Yeah, it looks really um, nice. But the lawn, like, a lot literally of the, I like stiffened. most of their skill animations. They look really nice. Yeah, it looks like they're just being stiffened over and over again. So it's like something's wrong with the CC limit or something. Yeah, I, I, I swear, like, I'm looking at this... And I feel like there is, like, a moment where he could have gotten out, but he was typing, so he didn't. Yeah, let me look one more time, let me see. Like, he got stiffened, he gets stiffened, and then he gets stiffened a third time for some reason. And then he could have gone out right there, but he was typing. Pretty sure that's, like, the laughing in Korean. Yeah, there might have been a few times he could have got out. Yeah, yeah, every time his hands go up after the second stiffen, he could get out. It looks like he could get out. Maybe? But he definitely won... I don't know. Two. The third stiffen. He is, definitely gets stiffened third time. Yeah, he third gets time stiffened the third not, time. Not good. That skill looks and then dope. Although four, I wonder if five. they have super armor during that skill. That'd be insane. No, there's no way they do. Well, I don't actually, know. That dude ancient waves him and he doesn't get CC'd. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what just, I was about to say. He might resist it. He gets ancient waved and split shotted, and he doesn't get CC'd from either of them. Dude, I've been going Which back is... and forth with trial characters. I keep making and deleting trial characters. Just to try... Dude, I hate Valkyrie. I can't... I could never play that class. I think it looks so cool, but I hate the way it feels. Dude, I think it is super armor. <laughs> I think that's super armor. Because he also... He also ground lifting. He used ground lifting, ancient wave, and split shot. Yeah. So that's... Three abilities that have CCs on them. You're telling me he resisted all three of them? What are the odds of that? Well, there's a sample of what our succession skills are going to be like. They're just making sure it's balanced for when succession comes out. Holy shit, dude. If that's actually super armor, that's insane. What the fuck? Oh my god. But yeah, uh... What were we talking about? 
Right, shine, new skills, things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I want to see more of it before I make a conclusive like thing, but it feels to me that they're trying to make it more mage-like, and that seems really like not what the point of the class was supposed to be. But we'll see. Those bongos are OP. You know what I think, actually. I think it's not the problem's not that the shy is becoming more mage. It's that the mages are too much support. That too. I think that's definitely a part of it. Honestly. Although, in fairness, for three years, like they were the only support, so it's like, I guess you had to have something. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I say like just they, uh, they... you know what would be cool if... is if that that AOE that's stunning and stiffening, if it has super armor, if it has the damage reduction during super armor like other skills, and if it's also a PA for friendlies around would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would make it insane. What are you talking about? <laughs> that sounds like the worst idea. It feels balanced, is all I'm saying. <laughs> dude, I want to uh... main Kuno, dude. But I want to main sort, too. Should I buy weapons? Dude, that should be our question. Should I spend seven bill buying weapons for alternate class? <laughs> Yes, you should. I've been telling you this for, like, months now, that you need to just buy fucking Tet weapons for all these other classes that you want to play. So I was doing some math, because I have a little bit, like, I don't want to be lower, like, that's one of the things, is it's kind of rough to be lower gear when you're used to something, you know? I'm gear carried plot, and i got to stay gear carried. Like, <laughs> one of my interests in Kuno is, like, I want to know what it feels like to hit someone with 281 AP on a Kuno, you know? Right. I don't know, man. I just don't want to spend six bill. The other thing is, like, uh, should I buy a second Tet Tungrat earring? Uh, would it get you into a new AP bracket? It would bring. It would bring my awakening. Yeah, I think. Yeah, my awakening. I'd be two eighty five awakening. Then I would say yeah, but probably. Then I'd lose a DP bracket. I would drop down to 320 instead of 324. Your DP doesn't matter if they're dead. <laughs> or should I go... Dude, I was thinking about getting a pen RCE. No, stop. Okay, well, now you're getting stupid. Well, check this, check this out, though. If I got a pen RCE, like, with my current setup, and I swapped it out for the, the Tetnark, I would have... I would need one more AP Cafrist in my Zarka. Which is fine because my Zerka is only level one, so I'd have to—it's a pen, so I'd have to get it to level three, and then I would be two eighty one, two eighty two with a pen RC. Yeah. See the issue here: one, you have to get a pen RC. I have a pre-order up issue, for one. That's my pre-order, issue, people. If you're wondering, you can check issue, right now. <laughs> issue number two: level three Kafras and pen Zarka is quite expensive. It's so expensive. <laughs> Issue number three. You're going to be using a fucking RCE. <laughs> Aren't RCEs cool now? No. Are you playing on EU? Are you transferring? Is this is Dude, this he, why you're asking this he, question? Heaton said he uses two Ted RCEs or something. Yeah, dude. That's why they suck over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's why NA won the the cacao tournament. It's because all the EU people were rocking yeah. trial character RCs. Yeah, they all they all had like <laughs> they all had two thirty five AP on their trials because they were running Kudum and RCs, <laughs> so they couldn't kill anybody. 
<laughs> just making fun. Just making fun. EU people, calm down. Infrax, Infrax, stop typing. It's okay. It's going to be okay, bud. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I don't know, man. I just, like, when I look at... I have 10 bill right now, and when I look at, like, Dimtree is still fucking... It's, like, 26 bill now. Dude, I still think back to when the market first came Mm -hmm. and i i should have followed my instinct i i wish i had when the market first changed in pins like pin dandies were were like eight bill Mm -hmm. and i was like thinking to myself i was like dude i can sell my tet bassy for seven bill like right now and i have like 700 mil on me or something so if i just quickly over the next couple days grind out like another like 500 mil and then I can just sell my Tet Massey and I can have a pin dandy. And then I was like, eh, no, I, I don't think like I'm going to do that. Because there weren't pin dandies sitting for the class that I was playing. And I didn't have the money to like reroll coupon anything. So I was like, I'm going to have to put a pre-order up. There was already one pre-order at max price on the Berserker pin dandy. So I was like, it's not even like I'm going to have to wait for somebody to sell two Berserker pin dandies. And that's just not worth it. And now here I am like months later how long has the market been out i think it came out like around february yeah so five months five months later and i'm like fuck i should have done that (laughs) yeah i regret actually paying for two tetanarks i should have waited a little while and just got my second pen armor or third rather and because at the time i thought like a pen doom tree is so fucking expensive it was 13 bill and now it's fucking 24. So I'm just like, what a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Right. That is so much money. Oh, I'm never getting dude, a Pendover either, dude. I, I'm going to have to enhance it myself. What's it like being RNG carried, Frosty? What do you mean? I felt like I bought more uh, costumes off the marketplace and melted them for Krons to go mark Krons attempts on my uh, helmet to try and get it to pen because mm-hmm. it's super cheap because I have a heave. Okay. And I filled another, I don't know, like eight times or something like that. Wait, so what do you yesterday? mean? How does that make me RNG carry? Because my because, pens? Because uh, I don't, how many, uh, how many pins do you have? I have three. Yeah, there you go. No, I have four. Well, I bought one. Yeah. There you go. One of them took me <laughs> 23 attempts with a backup. I didn't even cron. The other one took me 18 attempts and 13 of them were with a backup and then five of them were. Attempt. Dude, I'm were- pretty sure total, I'm actually up to around, like, 40 to 50 fails on pens, like, total, for all the pen attempts that I've done. Yeah, dude, this is Crons, what happens Including crons and no crons. Did you see that, uh... Um, and then some fuckboy on Reddit does it at five stacks and gets it. Fuck off. I know, I saw that. Yeah, I don't know, man. It is what it is. All right. Hate this game. This game sucks. <laughs> I think that's about it for this week. Ugh. Yeah, we're done. That's it. Now I'm upset. I'm going to go play TFT or something. Uh, yeah, figure it out. Got war tonight. That's exciting. Uh, I told my GM I would plug the guild. So uh, if you're interested in doing T2 Node Wars 30, 45 mans, uh, join Clash. Fun guild. Hex. Huh? Hex is full. You literally can't join Hex. No, we're down to 98. We're recruiting two members. If you're a 269 plus, 
And you want to, if you want to stomp Clash and Node Wars, join Hex. Yikes, dude. <laughs> you guys are doing 60s now again, right? I'm assuming. I have no idea. I don't, I'm trying to stay as uninvolved as possible. I'm trying to just enjoy oh, it. But yeah, so if you're on NA, you're looking for a guild, you want to do Node Wars. And if you're not uh, too low geared, I think our gear rack is like 520 or something. Then join Clash. That's my legal obligation. I did it, Noah. Leave me alone. Wait, I'm before before we end, two weeks ago you were a zerker. One week ago you were a wizard. What are you today? Uh, so thanks everybody for watching the podcast. Make sure to uh, leave a comment. Frosty, you got anything else before we take off? Uh, yeah, make sure you leave a comment, upvote, share. Make sure you uh, let Reslar know how you feel about him playing witch instead of wizard. Um... <laughs> If you like the show, share it with people. Let people know. Tell people in your guild chat in game that new episodes are out. If you want to post a Reddit post talking about it, whatever, that would be cool. I'm probably going to post. I was actually thinking about posting. I want to see if I get banned again. Yeah, I was going to put this one on Reddit just because Dr. Positive being on is pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so. I think it, it, the stuff that he said should it needs to be out there people need to hear it i think yeah for the better of the community for uh, sure all right well we're done i don't want, i don't feel like doing outro so this is the outro bye everybody have a good one